Hey parents, Dr. Tim Jordan back here with a new podcast on raising daughters. Thanks for jumping in today because I'm going to talk about something I'm very passionate about and something that I'm very worried about as well. And that is what's driving our parenting. What I see a lot in the parents that I work with is that they're being driven by some fears, which I'll talk about in just a moment. But let me start first with a story. And the story involves a group of tourists who were in Italy, and they decided to take a bus trip through Tuscany, through the gorgeous countryside of Tuscany. And it was interesting that when they got in the bus, they all pulled all the shades down all the way around the bus. So they couldn't see anything beyond the shades. They couldn't see anything out the windows. And they spent the whole trip arguing about who got to sit in the front row and who got to sit by the window and who was in charge and who was supposed to be applauded. And so they remained until the end of the journey. I read that story a long time ago from one of my favorite authors, Anthony DeMello. And I think it, it's a good metaphor for what's happening today with our kids and our parenting. I think there are two main fears that are driving our parenting today. And the first one goes like this. So many parents tell me that they're really afraid that their kids are going to get behind. They're not going to keep up with the other kids. They're not going to be able to get in, uh, onto the right select soccer team when they're eight. And if they don't get on that select soccer team when they're eight, they're not going to be able to make their high school team. If they don't make their high school team, they're going to get a college scholarship. And that's the kind of frenzy I hear from parents. Their kids are going to get behind. And in the old days, back in the 50s and 60s, we used to talk about keeping up with the Joneses. And what we meant by that way back in the 50s was keeping up with our neighbors who were bringing home new appliances, a dishwasher, a TV set, whatever. Today, everybody's got those things. So it's not about keeping up with the stuff that people buy. Today, it's about keeping up with the Joneses' children. Are our kids getting behind our neighbors' kids, the kids in their class? Are they getting behind academically? Are they getting on the right teams? Are they, they going to be behind so they're not going to be able to make their high school team? Are they popular? Do they have the right friends? Are they in line, in alignment to, go in, to get into a top college? Those fears, I think, keep parents up at night. If, if I've had one parent tell me this, I've had a thousand. What they say is, I want to give my kids an edge. I want to give my kids a leg up. And if that's your parenting uh, uh, motivation... That means that you're going to probably overindulge and overprotect and push and micromanage your kid. You're probably going to fill your kid's schedule with enrichment classes. They'll be taking Kumon. They'll be taking chess classes. You're going to be hiring professional soccer coaches to help them to make sure they make the best team. You're going to get them on a premier summer sports camp. You're going to get them in test preps. And, and your kids are going to specialize early in their sports and their activities. That's what's happening for a lot of kids today. They're being pushed and pushed and pushed so hard. Because if you look across the street and the kids across the street are going to this certain camp and you're not and your kid's not going, this fear comes up in us, I think. We're like, oh my God, my kid's not going to that camp. What if they start getting behind those kids? If those kids make this certain team and my kid doesn't, and off we go and we start ruminating worst case, which is my kid's going to be a failure because they're not keeping up here as a seven-year-old. I've told you this before, I think, in a recent podcast. In the last year, at one of my summer camps and also in one of my weekend retreats, when I was with some grade school girls, girls third, fourth, fifth graders, they were talking about stress 
and we asked them what was stressing them. And many of them said their stress today was college and their futures. These are like eight, nine, ten-year-olds. They're already worried about that. That's where all this pressure, all these fears, that's, what, that's what's creating in our kids. So the first, first fear I see in a lot of parents is, I think my kids are going to get behind. I want my kids to have a leg up. I want them to keep up with the Joneses' kids. The second fear I hear a lot from parents is, how do I prepare my child for a future that is so different than mine? Because my kids, when they get it to be 18 or 20 or 23, they're going to be pursuing jobs that haven't even been invented yet. Things change so fast. They have so many choices today, these young adults. I think parents don't know how to prepare them because it's so different from our experience. So in a sense, we've lost the security of our expectations and our experiences, and that causes parents to be afraid and, and then to overdo. I think if you're motivated by these fears, it's hard not to overindulge your kids and overprotect them. It's hard not to push and pressure. It's hard not to overschedule them and micromanage them. There's been a lot of overfocus for many parents on achievement instead of character. And that's, that's been shown by research to have a lot of detrimental effects for kids when parents focus more on achievement instead of character. And if that's all happening for our kids, it's telling us a lot about how we view childhood. I'm here to tell you that childhood is not supposed to be a race or a contest. Childhood is not supposed to be about prizes at graduation or, or building your college resume. Childhood is not supposed to be about winning national championships when you're nine years of age or getting a college scholarship. Grade school should not just be high school prep, and a high school prep, and high school should not just be about college prep which it is for so many kids today. Because if you believe all of that, then it's going to be hard to not mold and micromanage and motivate your kids to stay on this narrow course that we set out for them. And that is just not how life works. And that's not how I want your kids' lives to be. I want you to remember that your kids have their own path, their own destiny. They need to learn their own lessons in their own way and in their own time and not be on these pressurized paths early on in life. One of the greatest costs I see to all of this is that kids are not learning to know themselves. They're constantly performing for and being judged by adults, i.e. parents, teachers, coaches, colleges, showcases, their peers, if you will. We overvalue busyness and competition a lot of kids today, because of all that performing, they're put on a pedestal and they become addicted to approval and praise. I see a lot of kids today who have lost their internal motivation. They do so much for everyone else. And they become reliant on affirmation from other people to feel good about who they are. I ask employers what they're noticing in their young employees today. And I've asked this question to people who own businesses all over the world. What most of them say is that young people today need so much affirmation. They need pats on the back constantly because they can't do it for themselves. And they're so used to looking outside of themselves for their validation. Because that's how we've parented them. I think our kids, because of the way we're parenting them out of those fears, they become too focused on looking good, impressing everybody, 
being popular, getting into the right school, quote unquote, getting on the, the right select sports teams. They're being driven to get straight A's. There's this relentless pressure to succeed and beat everybody else and step on people to get to the top and to be the best. The culture has told kids what's important is to be famous, have the most likes on your social media platforms, to be number one, to be rich. I think also kids, because of all that molding and micromanaging, I think there's, they're way too driven by not wanting to disappoint people. Their parents, coaches, teachers, lots of, lots of supervised activities, so much pressure. Let me tell you a couple of stories quickly about some girls I've seen in the last few years in my counseling practice. I saw one girl who was a soccer goalie. She was in high school. She had her first concussion when she was in seventh grade. She got the second one when she was a freshman in high school, and she had another one when she was a sophomore. And each of the concussions, the symptoms got worse, and she started missing a lot of school to the point where she got really behind and then she got stressed out, and then she, one of the schools, which was a private school, asked her not to come back. And she was so stressed because of all this, and she was still playing soccer goalie because she didn't want to disappoint people and because she had showcases she had to get ready for. This is after three concussions with a lot of symptoms. I can't tell you how many athletes I've seen in my office practice in the last five to ten years who are burned out with their sports. And a lot of them are around sophomore, junior year in high school, some earlier. And they're burned out because they don't like the coaches. It's not fun anymore. And so I say, why are you still doing it? And they tell me, I don't want to disappoint my parents. They have put so much money and so much time and so much energy into my sports. I think I'd really disappoint them. They don't want to disappoint their coaches, their teammates. And so they plot on, even though they're miserable, because that's what they're supposed to do. So all that stuff I've just talked about, all of that is distracting kids from what I think is more important. There's little time and little energy left for things like getting to know yourself. Time for self-exploration, reflection, contemplation, words we've forgotten about in this culture. No time for just quiet downtime. No time to pursue things that you want to pursue, your interests, your passions. There's no time for social-emotional intelligence kind of things, self-awareness, trying different things, sampling, taking risks, developing self-efficacy. There's no time to just be. When I ask people around the world what they look for in the young adults that they're looking to hire, they do not say grades. They don't say ACT score. They don't say what college they went to. They want to see things like social-emotional intelligence. They want to know these, that these young adults have good people skills. Can they look you in the eye have a conversation? Do they have people skills? Do they have the ability to grab onto something that they're interested in and go after it? Are they curious learners? Because when they get hired by companies out of college, they have to retrain them anyway. They tell, they tell these young people, you don't know jack squat. College is great, whatever, but we have to teach you anyway. So you've got to be a good learner and be open to and willing to and like to learn and be curious. Those are things that are important, but that's not what we're focusing on. And that's not what our kids are focusing on. 
They've lost their innocence. There's been no time to just be kids. I heard a story about a family that was in church one Sunday, and the minister was talking about heaven and hell and, and how um, heaven was, was such a great place. And he turned to the congregation. He said, how many of you here would like to, to, to go to heaven? And everybody in the congregation raised their hand, except for one little boy in the front row. And the minister stopped. He said, little boy, don't you want to go to heaven? And the little boy said, well, I'd like to, but I have a soccer tournament at 2 o'clock. That's how distracted and out of focus our kids have become. And with all that stuff I talked about, the impressing people and the busyness and the structured activities and all the competition, etc., I think the other thing besides not knowing themselves is they become very discontented and restless. They're never satisfied. It's never enough. They get stressed out. They become disconnected from themselves. It's like that uh, documentary I saw several years ago called The Race to Nowhere. And I think in many ways, our kids are mirroring the adults around them who also are dissatisfied and stressed out and disconnected and not fully present. So I'm encouraging all of you to sit back, think about all this, and then decide, is your goal as a parent to mold your kid into a top CEO of a Fortune 50 company? Is your goal as a parent to mold your kid to become a professional athlete? Or maybe you can refocus your goal to be something like, I want to develop a good kid, a good person, a good citizen. I heard about this mom one day who was driving her daughter to work. Her daughter was in the back seat. She was a young girl. And the mom was a, a physician. She was an orthopedic surgeon. And the little girl in the back seat got a hold of her mom's stethoscope and she put it up on, on her ears like she had seen her mom do. And she started talking into the, into the diaphragm. And the mom was sitting in the front seat, seeing this in the, in the rearview mirror, going, oh my gosh, my daughter, she might want to become a doctor. And she thought that until her daughter said into the stethoscope, good morning, welcome to McDonald's. May I please have your order? Be really aware of what your wishes are for your kids and what you focus on. Because grade school and high school should be about growing up, learning social emotional skills, having the autonomy to pursue their interests, figure out what they like and their aptitude, to sample things. I read an interesting book several years ago called Originals. Um, the author's uh, name is Adam Grant. And he studied a lot of masters of their craft, musicians and artists and people of that sort, to see what, what was their upbringing like and how did they get to be so good at what they did. And one of the things that I took away from his book was that when you look at people like Beethoven or Michelangelo, their greatest works came out of the times when they did the most works. It came out of quantity, not quality. So they weren't sitting in their studio working for years on this one sculpture or this one composition. What, what he found in his research was when they were just you know, doing uh, drawings or doing sculptures or writing words or songs or whatever, that they, it was in those times when they were just cranking it out that all of a sudden, oop, out popped David or out popped a great symphony. Because they were, they were allowed to just sort of do it. I see a lot of kids today who who I ask them, you know, what they like to do. And some of them will say they like to draw, they like to write, but they'll say, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been writing books, but I, I never finish them. 
And I always say to them, it's okay to not finish them. That's what, that's what Michelangelo did and Picasso and, and Beethoven and Mozart. They just did what they loved to do. And out of that becomes your, or comes your masterpieces. So I want your kids to have the time, the downtime, to follow those kinds of interests and to develop their passions and to learn what they're good at and what, and what they're not good at. I want our kids to play for play's sake and the love of the game instead of winning and getting on the right team and showcasing their abilities. To play for play's sake and the love of the game. God forbid if we would encourage our kids to play for the love of the game. I want them to, to do well in school if they want to do well in school. I want them to, to learn because of the love of learning. That has been built into our kids. Our kids were born natural born learners and curious until we beat it out of them with all these rewards and all the pressure. So learn for love of learning. I want our kids to have time to be of service, to do things for other people. I want them to have downtime to explore and to, and to create adventures and to challenge themselves. I want them out on the street, developing street smarts. Every one of you listening to this, I bet, could say that you're, when you were a kid growing up, you had spent way more time outside playing and being on your own, unsupervised. And there was so much value in us being out there. I want your kids to have time to do that. I want your kids to be making decisions for themselves based on what's right for them instead of keeping up with the Joneses' kids. I want you to make decisions for your kids based on what fits them, what's right for them, instead of giving your kid a leg up or to keep up with the Joneses' kids across the street. And I want you to let your kids be kids. I want your kids to be allowed to build their own stories and their own unique uh, mark on the world. Let me tell you a quick story about a woman whose name was Bobby. Um, she grew up in Chicago, and she graduated from high school a little bit early, and she went to a university to be with her boyfriend. Uh, after a year of that, they broke up, and she wasn't happy, so she transferred to the University of Arizona to be with some friends. She came home after a year and she told her parents, I'm done. School is not for me. I'm not going back. And up to that point, her parents had been insistent that she get a college degree. But then her mom finally quieted down and she said, what are you passionate about? What do you want to do? And Bobby told her mom, I love to do makeup. So her mom said, well, let's see how we could make something of that. So he started doing some research. And they brainstormed a plan where maybe she could go to college and get a degree in, in makeup. Because Bobby wanted to do makeup, not just in general makeup, but makeup for uh, people in theater, people in the movies. No college they, they looked at had that exact major. But she found a college called Emerson College in Boston. And she visited the college and she saw a bunch of people outside. And she just loved the look of the, feel, look of the place. She loved the feel. She had a feeling it was the right place. And so because she thought she wanted to do theater makeup, even though they had no program in that, she went to the different departments and they let her design her own concentration, which is awesome. So she worked and did some classes in the theater department, the TV department, the film department, the makeup department, the photography department. And Bobby Brown, looking back, said this. This is her quote. I left that school with a BA in fine arts and makeup, with a minor in photography, but what I really left with was the knowledge that it was all up to me. 
She said, everything in life, everything is what you put into it. There's so many options for how you live your life and make a career for yourself. If you can identify and stick with something you're genuinely passionate about, you're way ahead of the game. You'll figure out how to make some money once you figure out first what you love to do. I hope all of you can get off that, that, um, that hamster wheel of keeping up the Joneses' kids and allow your kids to have that kind of freedom like Bobby Brown did. By, by the way, that was Bobby Brown, uh, who owns, who owns and is the chief creative officer of Bobby Brown Cosmetics. I want all your kids to be able to have experiences like that where they can sort of create their own lives and not be stuck in this little track like every other kid, you know, going into the right sports and, and going to the right colleges, etc. Let your kids be kids. And don't allow your parenting to be guided by the fears I talked about at the beginning of this podcast. Childhood is not, is not supposed to be a contest, and it's not supposed to be a race, and about prizes at graduation and winning championships. It's about growing up. Make sure that's what you focus on. As always, thanks so much for stopping by here every week for these podcasts. I really appreciate you passing them on to your friends and other people. Uh, I'm getting more and more listeners, which is good. I check on the on some of these sites where I can tell it's been going up in the past six months, especially. So I, I know part of that's because you're you're helping me out and, and passing them on. I'll be back here in a, in a week with another another episode of Raising Daughters. And thanks so much. If you want to get information about all the things I do, the books I've written, and my camps and things, just go to my website at www.drtimjordan.com. Thanks for stopping by. I'll see you in a week.